You're listening to a mini-series that explores cities, climate and change. Part of a new podcast collection called Talking Transformations, produced at the International Institute for Industrial and Environmental Economics at Lund University. My name is Kes McCormick, and in this mini-series, I'll guide you through a collection of interviews recorded at the ICLE World Congress, hosted in Malmö, Sweden, during May 2022. We'll explore the dynamics of transformation in cities responding to climate change. We'll meet influential changemakers from a range of organisations, including the World Resources Institute, the European Commission and ICLE. And through our discussions, I hope to share knowledge, examples and inspiration relevant to you in your city as we ask, what next for cities? My name is Ingrid Kutsia and my title is the Director of Biodiversity, Nature and Health and I work for ICLE Africa, but also for ICLE Cities Biodiversity Centre. We're based in Cape Town and we serve the whole of the African content, um, but also the, the, the global um, agenda. And my work revolves around nature and cities, nature and urban people and nature and how to improve quality of life, well-being, um, health and resilience in cities. Wow, it's, it sounds like a, a really interesting collection of topics and so on. And turning to Africa, I mean, Africa is a part of the world that's just so important and that sometimes I think it can be forgotten. But in the context of Africa, I mean, what role can cities play in climate action? Look, I think that Af that African cities particularly are already playing a role. It's not just what can they do. Um, we've just come from this uh, amazing congress of ICLE cities from all over the world and uh, getting together with cities like Lusaka and Kampala, Cape Town, Lagos State even. One thing that has really impressed me is the fact that the cities from Africa are taking action. There's less talk. There's a whole lot of action. We don't always have the resources. We don't always necessarily have the exposure to many of the big investment markets and those sorts of things. But we're certainly doing really practical things. For example, um, you know, in, in the city of Dar es Salaam, at some stage, ICLE was approached. Uh, we're doing some work around mainstreaming nature into city planning and into city um challenges around how do you deal with heat island effects or water security or flooding. Um, Dar es Salaam is one of the fastest growing cities on Africa, very little resources, um, but also big problems. And um, most of the city, or in fact, a large portion of the city is informal. And they said to us, but you know, how can we invest the little bit of money that we have in greenery? Um, facing all these challenges. So we worked with the city of Dar es Salaam. We took uh, aerial photographs and we sat on the floor with our experts, with citizens, with f officials from the city, and we mapped where the natural assets were. And we've come up with a policy document which we call the Thematic Atlas, which in very simple but practical terms shows the city's decision makers how to invest and where to invest to get maximum um, return on investment, if it's a problem around heat islands, these are the, the sort of corridors where you plant greenery or if it's a water security problem, etc. And it's a very simple way, it's a, it's a methodology that's easily replicable in other cities. Look, it's a, it's a great example, this thematic atlas. Um, could you explain a little bit more about the types of impacts this specific initiative, you know, you hope to have in cities in Africa? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the sort of unintended consequences was that the, the person that we'd been working with in the city was redeployed and she started working for the National Ministry of Lands. And, you know, that whole um, philosophy and, and sort of methodology was taken up into the national level of government. And it, look, it's not fine, fine scale planning, but it's the sort of policy document that mayors can use. And, and the national government has incorporated that now in their revision of their of their planning sort of uh, legislation and policy frameworks. And in fact, we've had interest from other cities around Africa, even other parts of the world to say, wow, you know, this is the sort of instrument you can develop with little resources pretty quickly where you match uh, the, the contributions and the benefits from nature in a spatial way and into a policy document that can help guide whether it's investment or physical planning or, or whatever. Well, look, it's a great example, and you've, you've mentioned several cities already, but can you tell us about a, another spe uh, specific city in Africa that really inspires you with the work they're doing on climate action? There's so many. I don't know where to start. I feel a bit like a child in the sweet shop. But I've just come from a session where we were looking at um, the impact of of climate change on, on the coastal zone. And, for example, we had a speaker from the city of Cape Town, and they're doing a whole range of things from doing very um, scientifically um, and, and evidence-based uh, planning in terms of setting coastal management lines where, as, as, as the speaker was saying, is they literally draw a line in the sand um, along the beach in terms of, you know, no further development around here because we're having sea level rise in our city. But other things included very practically um, initiatives in involving nature-based solutions where, for example, where we've got dune erosion, planting back some of the natural uh, species again, using community involvement. So there's an element of, of awareness creation, but also creating jobs for, for small-scale people and uh, not small-scale people, sorry, for, for, for the small-scale sector. And, you know, something else that we've done a lot, um, and this is linked also to climate change, um, you may remember that a few years ago, I think it was 2018, Cape Town was faced with the, the day zero scenario and, um, you know, what to do. We've got waters running out, we're fast approaching that uh, day zero where we won't have any more water and they did all kinds of things. We had desalination, demand management, etc. But the one... Um, approach that turned out to be the most effective and the most um, cost-effective as well was to embark on a very um, comprehensive and aggressive program of alien clearing and basically taking out pines, eucalyptus in the mountain catchment areas, not just in the city, but the catchment areas around the city. And the incredible thing about this is that they found that the um, yield in terms of additional water per annum was in since that program started was in the order of about 55 billion uh, liters of, of water so that was amazing success story look there's so many examples here of cities and actions that you're talking about but to just one final question i mean if there was a national policymaker standing here from africa or a multinational company looking to invest in cities in africa what kind of support would you ask for for cities working on climate change Look, one of the things that I certainly would ask for is um, support us to help ourselves. We've got a platform called Cities with Nature. This is where cities can connect with each other. They can share best practices. And it's linked to the global biodiversity agenda in the sense that we've created a platform which is endorsed by the, the, the parties as well as the, the CBD um, 
so that they can they can share the commitments, the things that they are already doing and the things that they plan to do. And this is evidence of, you know, local actions have a global impact. And um, it's to, to support cities in, in coming together if there's needing a need for, for funding to support projects because the big thing now is going to be implementation. We passed just talking. We need to get those projects on the ground. And there's such a great need. There's so much innovation and such magnificent ideas in our cities from clearing alien vegetation to protected areas to corridors to you know working with wetlands, restoring our wetlands, mangroves, um, creating job uh, opportunities for, for unemployed people, um, addressing the, the marginalized issues as well in, in societies. Thank you so much for being here today. It's fantastic to hear about the initiatives taking place in Africa. So much to learn from this continent. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this. Once again, we thank our guest for joining us on this episode of Talking Transformations, a new podcast collection by the IIIEE at Lund University. In addition, we produce a monthly podcast called Advancing Sustainable Solutions, available wherever you listen to podcasts. This mini-series is produced in collaboration with the podcast team of Advancing Sustainable Solutions and supported by the ICLEI and Viable Cities. ICLEI, also known as Local Governments for Sustainability, is a global network of more than 2,500 local and regional governments committed to sustainable urban development. Viable Cities is a strategic innovation program in Sweden focusing on the transition to climate neutral and sustainable cities. If you want to learn more about ongoing research and activities, visit our website at www.iiee.lu.se and stay tuned for new episodes of Talking Transformations.